Good morning. It's going to be fun (laughs) winning the war. Um, It's going to be really fun because I have, um, I've gotten up to to speak before with very little preparation and very few notes, but I've never gotten up before with no notes. So (laughs) um, it's been a crazy week and I feel like it all happened on purpose. Um, Even this morning though, I woke up early to be able to just spend some more time because I knew what scripture I was, I was going to focus on. Um, but we had the love premiere last night and VBS next week. And so I just hadn't had time to like sit down and write out notes, write out my thoughts. I just spent time in the word. And so I, was, I woke up early to do that. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go back to sleep. And I was like, me, is that me <laughs> saying that? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, go back to sleep. So I didn't actually go back to sleep, but I, I just laid there instead. And <laughs> I'm going to pray for us. <laughs> God, I thank you. I thank you that you are God. Thank you, Jesus, that as Caleb just prayed, we roll out the red carpet and we get to enthrone you. You are already enthroned, but we get to enthrone you in our hearts. God, we get to put you, Jesus, in the right place <laughs> God, and, we, and I just pray today that I would get out of the way, but that anything that I say would just be doing exactly that, pointing people to you. God, that, that through any words that you give me, God, that, that you would be pointing me and every other person who hears this right now or online, God, that, that we would be focused, fixated on you, the one true and only God. You are so good. Amen. All right, so um, my week started this week with uh, breakfast with Sandy. Where's Sandy? Do I have permission to share? Should have asked you before. Thank you. I'm really good at, do, at doing that. <laughs> um, I'll probably do that to a few people today. Uh, but my week started with Sandy, and, you know, we were just talking about all kinds of things, and um, and I started, you know, based on our converse, where our conversation was going, I was like, you know, I, I've been saying to Cody, I think I really need to work on my insecurities, um, which is interesting for me because, like, I don't want to sound weird or anything, but I had a ton of insecurities when I was younger, super shy, f- total fear of man, total fear of rejection, all the fears you could have had them. Um, but then I had some encounters with the Holy Spirit, many encounters with the Holy Spirit, and through that I feel like I gained a real confidence in who I am, not everybody's going to like it, but I was okay with that. And, um, and then, like, lately I've just been feeling this insecurity. So I'm saying this to Sandy. I'm like, because I've gotten to the point where I just, I feel like nobody likes me. Like, I walk around feeling, shh, it's all right. I'm fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Sandy's like, I, I've been feeling the same thing. And I'm like, are you kidding? Everybody loves you, Sandy. <laughs> like, I walk around going, everybody loves Sandy. I want to be like Sandy. And, and she's like, no, but everybody thinks that about you. And we're like, oh, the devil's at work. <laughs> the devil's trying to convince us. He's trying to whisper. And it's funny because they're not, they're not things I would normally listen to. And that makes me realize that we're probably reaching a new level. Um, and Sandy's, yeah, come on. And Sandy, I'll probably get into that, but who knows, because I have no notes. But um, <laughs> Sandy starts saying, you know, as we're kind of talking through this, and we're talking about, yeah, no, it's the enemy. And, and she says, yeah, there's this scene in the movie, um, The Avengers. And how many of you guys have seen The Avengers? Yeah. yeah. All right. See, like only, not a lot of you. Come on, people. We need to get educated here. Um, <laughs> but she starts describing this one scene. And it's a scene, for those of you who know it, you'll know what I'm talking about, but basically all these superheroes have um, united, come together, Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk and all of these people have come together um, to fight against this, uh, like, you know, evil villain god, Loki. And he has this scepter, but they've captured him, he's in prison on this ship, and they have his scepter. And they all come together and they're trying to figure some stuff out. And as they come together in this room with the scepter, they start kind of arguing with each other and accusing each other and just kind of backbiting and like, you're only in this for yourself and you're blah, 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 and all this stuff. And the Hulk, who at, in the moment is 
not very hulky. Um, he's like his human form, and he's like the most gentle, calm person. And he starts kind of getting into the argument too, and suddenly everyone's like, put the scepter down. And he doesn't even realize that he had picked the scepter up. He had picked the weapon up. And Sandy's telling this, and firstly, it's just this illustration of what can happen when we don't realize what the enemy's doing to us. And we start to kind of, we can start to, whether it's actually, like for us, it wasn't necessarily actually fighting. No one was actually fighting with each other, but it was just these like thoughts that we were all having of like, I'm not welcome here. Anybody feel that ever? I'm not wanted. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm not seen. Why does everyone always focus on that person and not me? All those things. And we don't even realize that it's actually the enemy at work. But the crazy part is, like, as Sandy starts telling the story, I'm like, chills all over, like, okay, God, you're speaking. Because a few days previous, Cody told you last week, we went away for our anniversary. And our, we, um, our kids came with us for the day. And so I had to finish up some work before we took the kids to the pool. And so they, um, Cody turns on the TV just to watch, and that movie is on. And I was working the whole time, did not pay attention to a thing, until that scene. And I looked up, watched the whole scene, and then went back to working. And I'm like, okay, Sandy, God is speaking. And, and I just really, and then the rest of the week was like, yes, God is speaking. There is a battle going on. There is a battle going on, and there have been confirmation after confirmation that something that, that we, we as our church, but also we as I believe like the global body, have been tapping into something, believing God for what he's doing, actually stepping in, and it's really, really, really making the enemy angry. And I actually believe that there are powers and principalities, which is what we're going to get into today. There are powers and principalities at work. You know, there's low-level demons that just come and distract and are annoying, but then there's actually powers and principalities over regions. And I feel like we've woken some of ours and really made them angry. And so they're trying to come at us. And I want to actually read to you guys from N.T. Wright, because sometimes, you know, we can think like, oh, these hyper-spiritual people think everything's crazy and spiritual. Um, but N.T. Wright is this incredible theologian, and he says this, Sometimes the attack will take the frontal form of, an actual, of actual authorities in towns and cities who try to prevent Christians from spreading the message. Sometimes it will take the more oblique form of persuading Christian, Christians to invest time and energy in irrelevant side issues or to become fascinated by distorted teaching. Sometimes it will be simply the age-old temptations of money, sex, and power. But in each case, what individuals and the whole church must do first to recognize that attack where to recognize that attacks are coming and second to learn how to put the complete armor which God offers and third to stand firm and undismayed and so the reality is there is a battle going on <laughs> Jesus has already won the war, right? We already know that. We always talk about how we're, we are coming from a place of victory. We're not fighting for the victory. But in a lot of senses, even though Jesus has won the war, he then said to you, I'm giving you back the original mandate that he gave to Adam and Eve, which is go subdue the earth, right? That the enemy is at work. And though he's lost his authority, he is still trying to take down as many people as possible. If he can't get to Jesus, which it's funny to think that he actually thought he did. He actually thought he defeated Jesus at the cross. <laughs> but, but he realized, no, when Jesus came back, when Jesus was resurrected, he suddenly realized if he can't get to him, if he can't take him out, if he can't, like his original desire, the, Satan's original desire was to be God, <laughs> And if he can't have that, well, then he at least wants to do some damage to those he loves the most, right? And so he's going after people. And so we have to realize, you guys, some of you guys are in the fight of your life right now. Anybody feel that? You're in the fight of your life right now. And I want to tell you, you are going to win if you just stick with him. The moment that you start to get into your own strength, the moment that you start to go, okay, I'm going to muscle through this, or... I'm just going to give up because it's just too hard. 
that's the only time you'll lose, is when you do it in your own strength or when you, when you just get too tired and you stop. But if you will just step into him, you will find everything that you need. So today we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And the Passion tra- Translation um, is simply, it's a paraphrase. Um, they simply tried to look at the original text and, and, and translate it in such a way that would make sense to readers today in English. Um, so that's what this is. And it's interesting, just a little side note on translations. People can get really, really wrapped up in translations, but the truth is, unless you are a Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic scholar, you probably are going to not always get it right. And so that's why it's really, really amazing that we firstly have like so many resources available to us that we can dig, dig into. If we try to like open our Bible and just read it at face value, sometimes we can get things really distorted. I've said this before, but wars have been fought on scripture that is read out of context, right? So we need to make sure that we're looking at what was actually intended, what did the writer mean, and what would it have been understood as in the culture, right? Even just some of their, you know, um, the words that they would use or the, the type of culture that they had, a farming culture or whatever. Um, so what, what was meant? And then, of course, especially is what is God's intention with it? Where do you see God's character through all of it? So that's a side note. Sorry, I don't know why I went there. Um, but that's really important. And then that we also, when we read, that we always ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you interpret this for me? Right? We're not looking just at the word. We're looking at the author of the word, right? Okay. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing through you. Let's just stop there for a second. These most important truths for last be supernaturally infused with strength. Again, like I said, many of us are trying to come at the world. We're even trying to come at our faith. We're even trying to look at the Bible as a whole bunch of list of to-dos and then in our own strength do them and that will never work. We need the supernatural strength that only comes from the Lord Jesus and from our relationship with him. Not looking at him like, okay, you know, dictator, tell me what to do. But it's actually a union with him. It's a relationship with him. And then it says, stand victorious. We stand in victory. We don't stand defeated. I'm going to tell you the truth, guys. There were moments this week where I stood, I fell totally defeated. But the main thing is we need to get back up. We need to get back up. On Wednesday night, I, uh, during our midweek service, we had a plan, kind of, on what we were going to talk about, and we didn't even get to it at all, because from the moment, like, I, we just, we opened with prayer, and some, not something, someone, <laughs> the one, dropped in the room, and we were like, I don't know, anybody else feel it who was there? Like, I got hit probably harder than I ever have before. Like, I encountered Jesus to the point where I'm, like, trying to sing, and I can't even sing, and I just gave up, and I fell on the floor in my face. Like, just overcome, and not with the sadness or anything, with, like, this overwhelming sense of how good he is. This overwhelming sense, and he kept, like, playing in my mind, even intermixed with some of the really hard things that we're going through, this, like, this is who I am, and I always, always fulfill my promises. And this is who I am. I am always good. And this is who I am. I am always trustworthy. And I just got, like, in Cody language, smacked, or somebody always says that. We all say it now. I got, like, smacked, and I couldn't even, like, breathe half the time. And just, just overcome. And I actually believe I believe there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot of reasons, and he can use those things, those kind of encounters. I spoke about encounters a few weeks. Those, those encounters are meant to launch us into from glory to glory, right? They're, they're meant to launch us into new. And I believe that's what happened, but I actually also believe it's because he was giving me strength for what was about to come. I will not get into the details, but what came 
that night was um, some of the most painful things I've ever experienced. And just like a, a laying on of just a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of really hard realities in our lives. And I actually believe as I'm reading this that God had infused me with strength to be able to stand victorious and not fall. Because everything in me wanted to fall. (laughs) But to stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing through us. We actually are allowed to, we, we, we have the privilege of letting the God of the universe who spoke and universes were created, like his word, and that same God, we have the ability to stand and allow him to flow through us. And we think that's not going to mess with us. <laughs> we think that's not going to sometimes look a little crazy. We think that's not going to sometimes look like we're like sobbing on the floor or raising our hands or screaming or dancing or, or going out and doing crazy things or giving tons of money to people. And we're like, why am I doing this? I don't, you know, like we think it's not going to look like that when the God of the universe touches us. Right? And we want to look like these happy little, like, nice Christians who are just living the right way. And he's going, like, the explosive power of the God of the universe is flowing through you. It's going to look like something. Right? All right. Let's see. I got through two, two verses. We're good. All right. Verse 12. Your hand-to-hand combat, wait, somewhere, where are we? Am I in the wrong place? Okay, let's go. Put on God's complete armor, set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand, that's weird. This version is literally number different. All right, sorry. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. Like that, that scene in Avengers, the enemy's greatest trick is to convince us that our problems are people. And what I find actually really fascinating is as I was reading the context of this, what Paul has just done, I don't know if I've ever realized this before, but if you've read through the book of Ephesians, firstly, it's not a book, it's a letter. It was a letter written by a guy named Paul who had his life radically changed, like, ra- like he was killing Christians, and then the next day he's like the Christian guy who's like changing the world. And so, so he writes this letter to this church, the church, in this place called Ephesus. And so Paul, so Paul writes this to them, and where am I going? Authorities operating in the high, okay. Um, so Paul writes this to the Ephesians, and he's literally telling them in this whole letter, okay, I got a little lost there, I'm back. Okay, he's, he, he writes this letter, and in the letter, I want you guys to understand that we will read it just like I try to read it based on the verses and the way that the people who wrote the, who put the whole Bible together, they would separate it by chapter and verse, right? So that we can like take little chunks. But the people in Ephesus, when they received the letter from Paul, they did not read it like that. They read it like a letter. Like when you read, when you, if somebody writes you a letter, an email, you're not going to go, okay, I'm just going to jump to paragraph six and read what Johnny said there and then hope I get the rest, right? Because usually a letter starts somewhere and then it, there's, there's information you need when you get to the bottom. And so as we're actually reading this, we're in chapter six where he's talking about how we need the armor of God. You want to know what he was talking about in the chapters before that? Relationships. How should husbands and wives treat each other? How should children and parents treat each other? How should slaves and masters or employees and employers treat each other? He, he literally lays out for them, this is how you are, have relationships. And then he goes, by the way, put on the armor of God. Because your fight is not against these people or the relationships. It's against the accuser. The evil strategies of the one who tries to accuse us and convince us to accuse others, 
right? Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities. Because if, if we all understood that if we all could get back to the place where God originally created us, if we could all embrace what he says about us, we would not have issue with each other. Do you get that? We only have issue with each other when we don't believe about ourselves what he says about us and when we don't believe about each other what he says about them. That's the only issue we ever have. And if we can start to see that our battle is actually against the lies that the accuser gives and tells us, and, and our battle usually when, you, when somebody's coming at you, it's because they have something that the enemy is trying to tell them, right? And if we could all just realize, stop. Husbands, wives, stop. Girlfriends, boyfriends, stop. Brothers, sisters, stop. <laughs> let's stop and let's hear what he has to say to me about me and about you. And then we would realize that it's actually only the enemy getting in the way. And that we can actually love each other with the love of Jesus Christ. It goes on in verse 14, for they are a powerful class of demon gods. I'm gonna pause there for a second again. I I like that the the Passion Translation actually calls it demon gods because we like to just say, oh, like the demonic. But if you look throughout history, people set up gods and goddesses and and all these things. And even today, there's a lot of stuff in New Age that is bringing in all these gods and goddesses and ways that we can tap into our spirituality that is not through the gate of Jesus Christ. And those are demon gods. Any time that you are trying to tap into your spirituality or your, you know, center yourself or find your higher whatever, your higher anything that is not Jesus Christ, the living God, you are now entering into to, to looking for, looking at a demon God to help you. You're, you can still get into spiritual. I'm not saying that people are not tapping it. Yes, they are tapping in to spiritual things, but they're trying to hop over the fence. You don't want to do that. You'll get messed with go through only the gate. So for they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that, next slide please. Thank you. Hold this dark world in bondage. A lot of people in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. Does it say as the the, the slanderer comes after you? No, it says as you confront him. We are actually meant to confront the things that come against us. We confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I think that's part of the problem is a lot of us have already, like even though Jesus has won the victory, a lot of us have already lost the battle in our own lives because we actually don't believe that we can be victorious. We actually believe that we just have to muscle through this life and try to claw our way to the finish line so that we can finally get to heaven and he will make all things good. But do you know you've actually been given the power and the authority and the truth and the word and all the armor to actually be victorious now, right? Verse 16, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you, to stand and triumph. Put on truth, his truth, not any truth, the only truth, right? The truth of God is what actually helps us to to the belt that actually keeps us from our pants falling down and looking like idiots, right? (laughs) Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart, So in in other translations, it talks about the breastplate, right? That people, often that's one of the first things that if if a soldier was put, they'd be putting on their breastplate to cover their heart because they know if their heart is exposed, they're gone, right? And so this this breastplate comes, this protective armor covers your heart. And what is it? What is it? Holiness. It's holiness, Why is it that holiness protects our hearts? Being holy, choosing his way, right? Being set apart, choosing his way instead of our way, instead of the world's way, is what protects our heart. Because the moment that we choose our own way, the moment we step in because I want pleasure and not his way, the moment we step into sin or allow these things that make us unclean, unholy, to come in, we're actually doing damage to our own heart. So a lot of us think that God has given us a list of do's and don'ts. Don't do this, do that. 
all that stuff because he's this dictator God who just wants to like make sure we're all in line. But actually, he gave those things because he knows that holiness protects our own heart from damage. That when we step outside of his will in our business dealings, when we step outside of the way that he wants us to, to be in relationship, when, he, when we step outside of the things that actually bring us life and godliness and purity, we're actually doing damage to our own heart. And so holiness is the thing that protects our heart. Verse 17, stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessing of peace. I'm going to come back um, to, to this whole idea of being alert. I think that's really important. So if I forget, please remind me. <laughs> we have to be ready, right? We need our feet. We need our feet to actually be ready to bring, to share. And in other translations, it talks about how uh, it's the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. That the, that the world, the storm might be raging around you. There might be chaos all around you. But when you will actually stand, like that, that song we were just singing, like, bye-bye fear, <laughs> you can't stay here, because look where I'm standing. You're standing in the peace of God. You're standing in the love of God, right? And so this gospel, this good news of peace is that no matter what's happening around you, You've got what you need. Yeah. You're standing in the right place. Last night at the, um, at the, document, at the documentary premiere, um, Marshall asked the question at the end, what, what is the main thing that the kids have taught you? The kids in, if any of you don't know, the, the kids in South Africa and Zimbabwe that we support through um, this organization, Love. And, and immediately, I remembered the very first time I went and the kids are so excited, and I'm like, I was so terrified going in, and then within like two seconds, it all melted because these kids are like bombarding and like jumping all over us and so happy and just wanting us to play and biggest smiles I've ever seen. And, and Josh spoke about how they make so, or I think it was Jaden in the, in the film, like they make, they make so much out of so little. And so I'm just like the first few days like, this is incredible, this is so amazing. These kids are incredible until a few days in, the first little boy we ever sponsored, James, um, was having a really severe reaction to uh, his, his AIDS, HIV. And so I ended up going with him to the hospital, and suddenly we're in this, I won't get into the details, but we're in this really, really bad, not great situation. No room waiting for this doctor and this little boy, and yet he's still smiling at me. <laughs> and, and I just realized these kids have been through more than a lot of us could fathom, and I don't mean to diminish, like some of you have faced ins insane, painful things. And I'm so sorry. I really am. <laughs> but these kids in the midst of all of that, being abandoned, neglected, abused, sick, HIV, AIDS, they still were standing in the peace and the joy of the Lord. That's the biggest thing I've learned. In every battle, <clears throat> take faith. I love this part. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Faith, right? Faith is that decision to believe even when we don't see, right? Faith is believing. It's stepping in. It's saying, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're good at what you do. I don't know what this is all about, but I know I can trust you. And that's why it wraps around us like a shield that can actually extinguish the arrows of the enemy that are coming at us. And they cannot penetrate when we say, nope, you might be trying to do damage, but I know my God. I know what he's called us to do. And though it might, this might be one of the hardest seasons we've ever been through, it's also one of the most beautiful because he is so faithful and he is so good and we have our faith firmly and securely in him, right? This, and then I think about the fact that it's like the, the arrows from the enemy, they're not just arrows, they're actually flaming arrows. So you think about the fact that they come and they try to do damage by actually piercing us, piercing our soul, but then they also blow up our lives sometimes, and we have to realize that the main way to combat that is by faith 
in who God is. Faith in what he says. Faith in the promises that he's given us. No matter what we've experienced, we don't look at our experience. We look at his word. We look at his son. We look at who he is. And that is what we put our faith in. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Our salvation is not just about getting a ticket to heaven. I say this all the time. Our salvation actually has the ability, when we step in, the one who saves us has the ability to give us full deliverance. Fully deliver us from anything, any beliefs that are wrong, anything that doesn't align with him, any sickness, any illness, anything that the enemy is trying to throw at us. We have the ability when we actually embrace our full salvation that, that he can give us full deliverance. Like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Man, that's so important. A helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. One of the biggest ways that the enemy comes to us, again, is through lies. And so often, it's our participation in actually taking what the enemy says and going, oh, that must be truth, because it sounds true, right? He's messing with us. It sounds true. When I was, you know, believing that people didn't like me, like, it sounded so true. And then I could suddenly, like, make up all these things that I saw around me that was like, see, it's true, I think it was Zach a few weeks ago sent a um, a quote by Bill Johnson that said, um, correct me, I'm probably going to mess it up again, but something about when when offense comes, like when you have offense, suddenly offense gives you the ability to hear things that were never said. When we allow the the ultimate offended one, the devil, (laughs) to speak to us, when we allow offense, when we allow ourselves to go, well, you know what? They did this and that to me. And I'm speaking to me too. When we allow that to happen, suddenly we start to see and hear things that were never said and are not happening. We can convince ourselves. It's so important that we put on the helmet, that we say, I will not allow anything to get in this head that is not from Jesus. That is not his truth, right? We've already put on the belt of truth. We've already protected our hearts with holiness. We've already done all these things. And it's so important that we do not allow the enemy then to come in and convince us what you think you received from God, you actually didn't. That healing you think you got, well, guess what? The sickness is coming back. Well, that, that <clears throat> addiction that you've conquered, whoa, <clears throat> that addiction that you've conquered, you can't actually conquer it. You are always and forever gonna be that person. I'm about to cuss. That is bull. <laughs> That is absolute crap. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I'm serious. I'm seri- you guys, like, when we allow ourselves to believe things that God never said, it's going to screw up your life. It will absolutely mess with you. It will mess, it will destroy every relationship you have. It will destroy every dream that you have. It will destroy every plan that God has for you when you allow yourself to believe things that he never said. When you allow yourself to believe things about yourself that are not true, it's not how he created you. There you go. I think he just like it's my dad. I think he just liked that I almost cussed. Like, I think he's just always. <laughs> and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. The actual word for that, because we think of like a giant sword, right? When we hear sword, we're like, ah, sword. Um, <laughs> but the actual word for it, and I'm not even going to attempt um, Okay, I'm going to attempt it. The Greek word is makaira, makaira, I think, which is a razor-sharp Roman sword used in close combat or actually in, in some of the um, translations it talks about, it's actually more like a knife. So it's not used far off. It's used in close combat. We need even more of the razor-sharp, and, and it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit sword 
which is the word of God. So the word, the word made flesh, Jesus and the spirit work together, right? Just like the written word and the Holy Spirit and the, and the word that God speaks, the rhema word that God speaks, the right now as he continues to speak, his voice is not dead. He has not gone silent. And that word is what we need when the, when the fight gets real because now it's close, it's hand to hand with the spoken word of God. And that word there is like I just said, it's, it's, it's not the written word, it's the rhema word of God, which means it's, he's still breathing. It's like this idea of like God is still speaking. We read his word and it comes to life because it's actually him speaking, right? Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Did you guys get those words? <laughs> constantly intercede, every form of prayer, at all times. And I think sometimes we think once a week or five minutes a day is enough. And he's going, there is a battle that's raging all around you and the enemy never stops. So why do you? Right? We have to constantly, passionately pray in the spirit. Now that can um, mean like, like praying in tongues in different languages, right? That, that the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. Um, but this specifically, though it can mean that, this specifically does not mean like speaking in tongues. It actually means that what we pray is not coming from our own desires within us. It's not coming from our own, like, what do I want? I want to, you know, Corvette. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm praying in the spirit, meaning I'm allowing my spirit to align with his spirit so that I'm actually praying heaven to earth, that I'm actually praying that what is reality in heaven would be manifest on earth, right? And we do this and we intercede in every form of prayer. There's not only one form of prayer. You could sit down in your closet for a while. You could walk around like a crazy person like me running around all the time. You could be worshiping. You could, there's all kinds of different ways that we pray and connect with God, right? Prayer is just a conversation between us and the creator. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. We need to do that more for each other. Pray the blessings of God upon all of his believers. And pray also that God's revelation would be released through me. This is Paul writing. That, that, they, that they would be rele- his revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. I'm going to ask you guys to pray that for me and for Cody, that we would continue. I don't ever, ever want to be leading a ministry out of our own strength. So I'm going to ask you guys to be praying that for us, that God would give us revelation so that we can release every time that we speak, that, that every time that we preach, that any time that God gives us an opportunity, that we'd be able to preach these wonderful mysteries of the hope-filled gospel. But I also... But I also want to tell you that just because when we have to fill out forms that say, you know, job title and Cody and I put down lead pastors, that does not give all of you guys a free ride. You are ministers of the gospel. The moment that you accept Jesus, you are given a mandate to be a minister to the world. And so I want to pray the same thing for you, that you would have God's revelation And that every time you have the opportunity to speak to somebody, that his love, his revelation, his peace, his hope, the mystery of this God that is so big we can't even fathom, that that mystery would come through our words, would come through our action, would come through the way that we love, would come through the the things that we do, the way that we choose to step in and believe him, even when everything else is, like I wanna encourage some of you guys, your life is falling apart and, and you might right now go, I have to focus everything in on me and my life and what's falling apart, but I wanna actually encourage you and I had not planned on saying this, so I feel like this is God, so let's step into it, that, that you might be convinced that you have to just focus in on all this junk to figure it out and fix it and I actually believe that what he's saying to you is he wants you to step into a dream. He wants you to step in something bigger than you. He wants you to step in right now and I want you to like, you can tune me out and ask him, God, what is the vision that you're asking me to step into? What does it look like? 
Are you asking me to start some, something? Are you asking me to join something? Are you asking me to go somewhere? Are you asking me whatever it might be? That instead of focusing in on all that's going wrong, that you would instead focus up on what he is saying to you. And that as you actually do that, you're going to find that all of this takes care of itself. Actually, all of this gets taken care of by him. If you will just step into what he says, that you would actually join into the mystery of the hope-filled gospel, which is that we don't get it, but this God loves us. And he came down for us, and he did everything for us. Just as I wrap up right now, I want to give you really, hopefully very quickly, three things that I witnessed this last few weeks that I think are the flaming arrows of the enemy, ways that the enemy's coming and trying to get in. Now, you might think I'm crazy, but like I said at the beginning, it says that we need to be alert and aware and looking. And sometimes we're just like going through life thinking everything's just life, but actually God's trying to speak to us. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if I fall down here and I, and I break my leg, thank you, Jesus, and I'm not going to do that, that suddenly we go, oh my gosh, the enemy must be trying to come after our blood. You know, like I'm not saying that. Sometimes you're just clumsy and you, you fall, right? So I'm not saying look at everything. We don't want to over-spiritualize everything. But if you start to see things two, three, four, five times, pay attention. That's actually how God in his word, in Hebrew thought, that's what they would do. If they wanted to emphasize something and they wanted to say this is important, they would repeat it. Repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. So one thing that we've noticed is um, we've been getting like weird things happening to, to phones. Um, so me a few weeks ago, if any of you try to call me, my phone will automatically go to a guy named Patrick Vincer. Patrick Vincer, if you are looking, listening right now, we bless you in the name of the Lord. Give me my number back. <laughs> but somehow, I don't know, like my credit whatever said, like my phone number was listed on the black market. So um, I really need to change it, but I am too busy to. So my phone, I can make calls no problem. But if somebody, unless I'm looking at my phone and I see it, it'll come for a split, half a second, not even enough time for me to answer it, and it'll go through to somebody else's number. Okay. Vanessa's phone. Um, is it okay that I show? Thank you. <laughs> Vanessa's phone um, suddenly just stopped being able to receive messages and, and I think calls too. So suddenly she just can't receive. Like she can also call out, but she can't receive. Um, is it okay that I share? <laughs> Alexis's phone ends up, she um, thinks she put it on her truck and drove, and it fell off, and she, she was able to locate that night where it was, and so they went looking, and they found the phone case, but not the phone, so her phone was stolen. And then, um, Tayden told me this, but Josh, is that okay? <laughs> you lost your phone for two hours, right? At somewhere. That's what your mom said, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so what I'm looking at is there's interception. There's an inability to receive. There are things that have been stolen, and there are things that have been lost, all with communication. And so we need to pay attention to those things. And we need to go, okay, ooh. <laughs> the enemy is trying to intercept the messages that God's sending us. The enemy is trying to stop us from receiving what God has for us or maybe what other people have for us. The enemy is trying to steal the words that God's trying to speak to us. And some of us have lost the truth that we know. We've set it down. The things that he said about it, we lost track of them. And so I, I really believe those are some of the ways. And so I want to encourage you if, you, if you are feeling a struggle to communicate right now with other people, maybe you're saying things and they're misunderstanding you, maybe there's just fighting happening in your family, in your life, in your relationships. If you're struggling to, to hear God right now and you're going like, I always talk about, or I always hear about people like, you know, God said this and God said that and God told her to go back to sleep, but I can't hear. <laughs> That was my testimony, and I release to you right now, and I actually want you to say, I renounce the lie that I cannot hear God. Because that is, amen, there you go. And I receive the truth that I am his chosen. I am his child, 
and I can hear his voice. Right? The, the word says that his sheep know him and they follow him because they know his voice. Are you his sheep? Yes. Right? We are in, he is the good shepherd. We can all hear his voice. And I believe that the, right now the enemy is trying to convince us. He's trying to block our ability to receive what he says. Right? And then really quickly, I think a second way that the flaming arrows are trying to come is a lot of people lost their keys this week. Um, like Cody and I both separately, I think our kids actually, I blame them, um, lost our keys, like both sets of keys. And it was super weird. And so like, and then we found them in like the most like, uh, yeah, of course it was right there, but I swear I looked there 10 times. Like multiple people lost the key. The keys to the trailer were lost, like all that kind of stuff. And, and in the kingdom, the keys represent our authority. And so if anyone is feeling like the enemy's trying to tell you, you have no authority, Maybe you're in a work situation, a home life situation at your house where God is telling you to step in with his authority to see things shift, to change the atmosphere. And you're going, no, but I'm nothing, I'm no one, I can't. That is the enemy trying to steal the keys that Jesus actually won back for you, right? Jesus actually won, like the enemy in the garden stole the keys from Adam and Eve, the authority that they had, and then Jesus goes, but... After his resurrection, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth, not just in heaven, and on earth has been given to me. You go, therefore, because I am in you. <laughs> and he breathed his Holy Spirit in them in that same moment. And so if, if you feel like you've lost your authority, pick up your keys. <laughs> pick up your keys. They're probably right where you just looked. And then lastly, this morning, there was this iPad. It's actually our giving iPad. You can now give back there under the connect wall. And it has been, um, it's had the iPad unavailable for like months. And a few of us have tried to fix it, couldn't figure it out. Um, I was like, oh, do we need to buy this program? And there's like a $59 program that you could buy. Da, 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 da. And this morning, I was like, I'm just going to try again. And I plugged it into my computer, and I held down the power button Hold down the power button. <laughs> Tap into the, the explosive power that is within you. <laughs> and I held down the power button, and suddenly my computer goes, do you want to attach to this iPad? And I was like, yes, I do. And it was like the easiest thing ever. But what was interesting is the iPad itself, and it says, restore and update. And some of you need to be restored and your systems need to be updated. And it says restore and update, but the iPad itself did not have the ability to do that for itself. It had to be connected to a computer that was connected, which then downloaded everything that was needed, erased the bad, restored the good, updated it, and now it's back there ready to receive your million dollar donation. <laughs> But some of you guys, you know, it's the communication, it's the authority, it's the don't let the enemy in, you got to keep fighting this battle, you got to put on the armor, don't go outside with your pants down, right? <laughs> but some of you just like really need to connect to the source. You cannot do it alone. And you need to be restored and updated right now. And I actually believe there's something even on that because I was like, God, are you the laptop? Who's the laptop? <laughs> and he said, I'm not the laptop. I'm the cloud. I'm the power source. I'm the all the other things, right? Because the phone itself, the iPad itself, the, the, the laptop itself is nothing if it's not connected to the power. If the battery's dead or if it's not connected to all the freaking resources that are out there on the internet, right? It's nothing, and so we actually need to connect to one another. So if any of you right now are feeling that, 
I actually invite you to just come forward if you're feeling like I'm lost, I'm, I'm struggling, or I'm, I'm just feeling disconnected, or you just feel like I want to hear from God right now. Whatever that is, I want to invite you, and I want to invite some of our ministry team up, because maybe you just need to connect into somebody else who knows their authority and, and can speak God's truth over you, and you get to right now come in and just plug into that truth. And as you do that, suddenly you're going to discover that you get the upgrade to your system that you need, that suddenly you start thinking with the mind of Christ. You start thinking from heaven's perspective. And you get to actually tap into something that is so much bigger than yourself. So God, right now, we just pray, Lord, I feel like there are people in this room right now who are feeling really disconnected from you, God. They, they have been beaten down from the lies of the enemy. And I know that's been me at times this week. beaten down. And God, I just, I pray right now for your power, for your explosive power right now to even just ignite a little bit in them, to give them the strength to come up and connect to somebody else who can speak life over them. Or God, if you're calling them right now to just sit in your presence and connect straight to you, God, that is the ultimate. That's what we're trying to do. Even when we go to other people, the ultimate is that we are trying to connect to you God, and so we pray right now for every single person that needs that reset button. God, that they would just have enough strength to hold down the power button and be reset and be restored to what you say about all of us, God. God, we pray for connection to come. We pray for open communication. God, we pray for you, Lord, just to be able to speak clearly that anywhere that right now in the name of Jesus, I just break off anywhere that the enemy has tried to intercept in communication, God. Right now, we just command the devil, you have no power, you have no authority in our lives, and we refuse to listen to you any longer. Any, anywhere that any person, God, who has been struggling to receive what you have for them, we break off the enemy's schemes right now. We right now go and wrap them with the wraparound shield of faith. We, just, we declare right now that your spirits would step into a new boldness and a new faith, that you would believe what he says about you. We pray for any person right now, God, who has dropped their keys who has lost their keys, God, that all of us would step into a new authority. And, and I actually just sense that you're saying that if we could step into that authority, we would actually start to walk the way that Jesus did. And so right now, God, we, we pray for signs and miracles and wonders to break out however you want them to, God. We pray for people to hear your voice. God, we pray for healing miracles right now. God, we just pray that we would tap in to what you say, God, because we know that you've already won this war. And God, that you are wanting to help us to put on everything we need in order to win the battle for our souls, for our lives, and for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.